Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Brefni Early and you are listening to episode 51 of the series. Today it's Faces and Places and over the weekend I took a trip to Drumcurran to experience everything that their old fair day had to offer. It was a fantastic day out around the town and I caught up with some of the organisers and participants and visitors to the North Leitrim village. Deswin, you've got a luminous yellow jacket and a loud hailer. That means you're important, right? Well, no, briefly, all I, all I am is the chairman of the Fair Day Committee. And we say, I suppose, I'm the one that a lot of this rests on his shoulders for the day. So thanks be to God, we had, we had a few showers, but we have a good enough day. And there's a good crowd and everybody seems to be enjoying themselves. So it's uh, me personally, I think, it was successful. So we'll see what the reports is later. No, I'm impressed. It's The whole street is closed off and it's lined from one end to the other and around the corner with loads of activities and features and different little trinkets that people can get their hands on as well. I know, there's loads. We'll say anybody couldn't find something interesting to do or see, uh, they're hard pleased because we say we have everything from, we have old crafts, we have people selling stuff, we have two beautiful horses, Ned and Ted. We have a man from Mohol with a lovely trap and, and a horse, something we say that we say... Uh, people of, of the older generation would have seen, we say, people going to mass and, and these beautiful traps and horses back in the in the 40s and the 50s and stuff like that. And it's lovely to see. And there's a lot of effort put into the day. Huge voluntary effort uh, with Stuart and everything. You can say there's people here on the streets since 8 o'clock this morning, we say, helping to put up uh, stalls and stuff like that. So it, I hope the traders had a good day and I hope everybody had a good day. That's Give us a little bit of an insight because it's here for one day. It's arrived this morning, it leaves tomorrow, but there's more than just one day's work goes into this. I know. Well, we say the whole preparation for this could take months. To be honest, we say trying to get new attractions to come. Like some some of the the attractions that's here, we paid for to come. We say like there's a attraction machine all the way from Newport and Mayo, and like Dimmin has to get something to come. We say, but it's it's a beautiful thing to see. It's a real old attraction machine, all modified or all uh, re- reclaimed or whatever you want to call it. And we say, people would be ringing me. There was people ringing me yesterday and the day before looking for stalls. We say they don't realise that. We say three months ago there was people had stalls booked for it, and that's you know it's it. And I'm sorry to disappoint anybody and. We said there probably was people booked in that didn't come and until I know they don't come, I have no place. So we said that's a problem, you know. And in terms of the overall summer here, it's, it's nearing the end of it. The weather's beginning to turn a little bit. I see a few grey skies coming in. Will it hold off for the rest of the day? Ah, hopefully it will. Like people, you don't come to something like this, we say wearing a T-shirt. Like you, you come prepared. It's, it's, it's Ireland. And we have, like most of the day, there was two big heavy, heavy showers, or maybe three. We have music on the street from, from half four to half six with Stuart Miles. He's a brilliant entertainer. And whether it's raining or the sun is shining, I guarantee everybody will have a bit of crack and a bit of fun. I can't help but think that the reference to the T-shirt was aimed in my direction, considering that's what I'm wearing today. Yeah, well, you, you didn't come... <laughs> you could do with a hat and, a, and a, maybe a jacket or an umbrella or something like that. But we say, no one we say the early family... Uh, they're well capable of, of uh, thinking on the hoof. So well, you have a lovely hat. Could I buy it off you? It is the fair day after all. Everything's for sale here, right? <laughs> Everything's for sale at a price. So it is. The sheep is actually going to be sold now. So I have to go back down to the guys that's going doing that and try and get them organised and get a few deals done for the day. Well, you go make your money and we'll talk to you later. All right, Brefney. Thanks very much.
here at the bottom of the street in the Blacksmith's Forge with Patrick Strahan. Welcome to Leitrim, Patrick. Thanks a million. Great to see you as well. You know, it's a bit of a surprise just seeing you pop up. We are old friends, it has to be said. We met uh, under different circumstances on the other side of the world or connected via the other side of the world. Right, yeah. Patrick, tell us a little bit about Nine Irons Crafts. Nine Irons Craft is my business. It's named after a small amulet that dates back to the early 1800s that was traditionally made by the blacksmith. It's nine iron miniatures on a ring that people carried for look and protection. Um, I found them a while ago while actually looking for something else and decided to name my forge after them because there's such a unique piece of heritage attached to my trade. Now you have a collection here of lovely little pieces, uh, all crafted from iron on your own forge. Tell us about some of your, your favourite little pieces here in front of us. These are pieces that I make. They're sort of novelty functional pieces that I know people will be interested in, that they have a function, they last them forever, and they're you know, made in a short time frame so they don't cost a lot of money. Basically, my pricing and anything you see for sale is based on the time it takes me to make it. And you're very, I know personally, you're, you're very interested in the heritage and the history of the blacksmith trade. T tell me a bit more about where that trade is in the country at the moment. Well, we're sort of downgraded really to a craft nowadays um, because we don't, within the structure and within the statutory system, we don't create employment, we don't generate a massive amount of revenue as a trade. So we wouldn't have like a lot of new people coming in and taking on apprenticeships and that. However, there has been a resurgence in the interest in crafts and crafts in Ireland have grown over the last, definitely over the last 10 years, even in my own area, I can see that it's probably double the amount of people doing crafts. Then, I have a passion for, of course, ironwork and heritage ironwork because it's done, you know. I'm not here today, been able to make all this stuff because I dreamed it up. I'm standing on the shoulders of fantastic blacksmiths that um, I've learned from and have carried me down through the years. And the work that you see, I suppose where it's really saved is in the churches and graveyards and beautiful gates and railings. I think the man upstairs is looking after us in that department. But a lot of other a lot of other beautiful heritage work has been taken down. You know, with budget restrictions and that they haven't been able to um redo them, you know? They've just replaced them. And uh, it's terrible to see it getting lost, you know, bit by bit. So um I really want to highlight that, you know, every chance I get. And my reason for being on the road is really to keep the craft alive, you know? It's not about making money. I'm not going to make money selling my little bits and pieces, but I'm letting people know that the blacksmith is still there. He still has a role to play. And as you see from standing here, people come up, they love it, you know? Tell us about your summer, because you spend your summer going festival to festival to festival. Where, where can people find you over the course of summer? It's not just in Drumcairn. You could see me in any county in Ireland, you know? Um, my last gig was in Waterford at a music festival um, after here. And next weekend, I'm in Galway on the Saturday. I'm at Limerick County Show on the Sunday. The weekend after, I'm back in Leash at Electric Picnic. Um, and then I've the Ploughing Championships coming up in September and Cashel Arts Festival in Tipperary. 
So. Now, we're standing here right beside, you've got a, a little fire here going beside us. Can you explain what I'm actually looking at? Okay, this is a small little table forge that I built myself, very basic. But the real part of this forge is the hand crank driven blower here at the back. I'll just, I'll just give it a spin there so you can hear it. So basically, it's a geared system. It's about 100 years old, this unit, purposely built for a forge. And it's driving a fan that's driving air through a bottom blast furnace and coming up through the coal. Same principle as any forge, super efficient. And I'm doing small work here, you know, small work for demonstration. So it's ideal, it's a perfect, a perfect piece. Now, every good uh, craftsman has an apprentice, and you have some help with you here today. Who have you got with you? That's my friend, son, Ruskard. He's, um, he's really keen. He done a workshop this morning and made a present for his mum, and uh, he likes helping me out. He's helped me in the workshop during the week while he's on his school holidays. So, as well as the, the small trinkets and stuff that we're looking at here, the lovely little pieces of, of jewellery and, and ornaments, and, and the customised stuff that you, you mentioned, the, the, the little cute knife or fork and, and spoon set there that are <laughs> hangers for a kitchen, I suppose. Yeah. Um, do you do bigger stuff that most, maybe the traditional, like gates, that sort of stuff? I have done in the past, you know, and I've been involved in all kinds of projects. However, in the economic downturn, I sort of reinvented myself and went more into the educational side. So I do a lot of um, work in schools, work with the Crafts Council of Ireland, um, going into schools, doing forging skills classes and doing creative workshops. And also in the summer, um, a lot of the tour companies would bring people to me just to see the blacksmithing and, and have that experience. Yeah, well, listen, Patrick, I'm going to let you get off because keeping that fire going, I'm distracting you here. So the very best luck for the day. And you have a nice little shelter here for yourself because there's a few showers here. Yeah. We've just been absolutely blasted. People probably heard it on the tape. We're just off your, your lovely little uh, canopy here. Yeah. Thanks a million. Great to see you also, yeah. I'm here with Dennis Feehilly and you've got two friends with you, Dennis. Do you want to introduce us? Well, the one on the left is Ferdia. The one on the right is Captain, and they're both two full male donkeys. They're almost full brothers. They've been together since they were foals. They're very well used to being out. They're trained to do ploughing, to do this display work with a gun carriage and a cannon. And they're very sociable animals, actually. They get on very well together. They're very popular with the younger generations coming up, looking to maybe pat them on the nose. They are indeed. When people get up close up to any animal and they put their hand on them, they get a fright in the beginning. They think it's just a toy, but they're different. It's very good to have kids able to be close to animals and rub them and things like that. Very important. Because they're going to encounter those in life as it goes on, and it's best not to be afraid of them. Tell us about the, the cannon and the cannonballs that they're, they're geared up with. Well, the cannon, I made it completely myself. I made the carriage that it's mounted on. The two wheels are off a donkey cart, and I had to shorten up the axle to make it look authentic. I made the thing complete from start to finish, and I think, to be honest, it turned out pretty good. A lot of people look at it and see what it's made of, but um, it looks quite good. And then the brasses, of course, take it, finish it off completely. In terms of events like today and the old fair day, you've travelled a little bit from Sligo to be in Drumcairn today. 
We do indeed. We were actually in the RDS last Sunday at the Horse Show. We do a display there with the Irish Donkey Society and there were 17 different outfits. I made this cannon last year because it's the anniversary of the end of the World War I and that's why I made the cannon. So when I had it done, I decided I'd take it out to a few more events rather than a once-off. We've got great claim for it. It looked quite good, I think. And the uh, the authorities don't need to be worried it doesn't work, it's not in full working order, or does it? I've never got asked that question yet, but I do see getting queer looks sometimes all right. But when they go close up and tap it, I think they're reassured it's not going to go off. <laughs> well, listen, enjoy the day with Ferdia and... Captain. And, and Captain. Yes, thank you very much. One person who's been attracting the attention of the younger generation here in Drumcurran is Graham Houston. And Graham, you are an entertainer and a bit of a, music, a magician and all sorts of stuff going on here. That's right. I kind of uh, class myself as, as a kids entertainer. So I do events such as these, uh, but also kids' kids' birthday parties and also maybe other family events there. And basically anything where you kind of have a crowd of people together. Uh, what I do kind of works with uh, kind of a full age range there so the magic tricks I do I kind of choose them that kids obviously enjoy them but so do parents enjoy watching the the kids reactions to the magic which I find very very good I also do a bit of uh, balloon twisting as well so it's kind of great to kind of get kids uh, attention there and everybody loves uh, a balloon so have you been busy all morning Uh, yes I have Uh, probably since around uh, just after lunch there I think things kind of kind of took off here and uh, we had a few showers here but between the showers they've been very very busy you know now, do you do this for a full-time thing? Is this your every day you're out entertaining people? Uh, it's kind of my, my, my part-time gig, to be honest with you. Like, uh, full-time, I kind of uh, teaching. But uh, this is something I just kind of, kind of fell into because uh, obviously working with uh, children and young people there, as you learn how to engage with them and how to, to teach them. And uh, it's the exact same tricks you're using in, in presenting a, a show. As I mentioned at the start of the show, today's show is sponsored by Urban Fit Crew and they operate box fit classes separate for men and women every Tuesday and Thursday in Kiltard Community Centre, Carrick and Shannon, County Leitrim. Ladies classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 7 to 8pm while men have their training sessions on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 8 to 9pm immediately afterwards. So there's no need to be self-conscious, no need to be worried about what the opposite sex might think of you. It is same-sex classes with friendly and experienced coaches to guide you through if you're a beginner, but also to test you if you have done this before. You can register online at www.urbanfitcrew.ie or you can contact them by phone on 087-9777-484. Their email is boxfit at urbanfitcrew.ie. That is Tuesdays and Thursdays, 7 to 8 p.m. for ladies, 8 to 9 p.m. for men in Kiltahart Community Centre with Urban Fit Crew. And those classes are starting in September, and you can register for them now. Thank you so much to Urban Fit Crew for sponsoring today's show. Owen, you're here with a few of your friends. Do you want to tell us about them? Yeah, so um, we rocked up here this morning. We set up the AstroTurf and all the gates. We have all the animals here on display for kids to see for educational purposes. So we have a short-legged Dexter cow here that we're going to milk now very shortly just for kids so they learn where they're... It's all about where their food comes from. 
We've uh, two lambs here as well. We have three Oxford Sanya black pigs. We have um, eight or ten um, bronze six-week-old turkeys. We have a selection of uh, five or six different breeds of hens and a rooster. Then we have uh, some geese, which don't tell the geese, it's 130 days till Christmas. We have a boar goat as well. And then we have a box down the end here with chicks that are 23-day-old chicks. So just over three weeks old. And so you, you're obviously Owen, but you are, all this collectively, you and your mates are Ireland's mobile farmer. Ireland's mobile farmer, yes, that's right, yeah. And we travel all over the country from um, um, festivals like this um, to um, 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 a lot of schools, um, food festivals as well. We work with the OPW, with the National Stud. Um, so yeah, we travel all over the country. We've done schools as far away as Killarney this year. Um, and it's, it's, it's very much... Purely all the animals here are all productive farm animals, so we're showing children exactly what, what each animal is, what it takes to look after each animal, what each animal produces, and then age appropriately, of course, how that ends up in your kitchen. Whether it be all the different types of stuff that we make from the milk, to, um, to what a pig produces, to how many eggs a, a chicken lays, all that sort of stuff. Describe to us what I'm actually looking at. So what we're looking at here is we have seven different types of farm animals. They all have their own um, pen made up with small gates um, and we've astroturfed from the ground just to make it soft and comfortable for them to lie on. They all have their own um, water and feeders and they all have information signs as well. Um, the information signs are like, uh, let's say for instance, um, how many lambs a sheep has every year to what the sheep produces to how long they're pregnant for, all that sort of information. So each animal has. so. Everybody who walks along here and looks at all the animals, they will all learn something. Like, if you go along and you even ask, like, you can have, you can have a farmer here and he could be milking 150 cows, but he might know what a collective noun is for a group of pigs. Do you know what I mean? So there's always something that everybody's going to learn, and that's what it's all about. It's about education. One thing that caught my attention was the fact that a ca- one cow can produce 30 litres of milk a day. Yeah, yeah, cows can produce, and during the summertime, some of the cows, the best productive cows in Ireland, are producing uh, up to 40 litres of milk a day, which is a phenomenal amount. And uh, for instance, like we're, we're, we're doing butter making demonstration here earlier on today, and we're telling people how like, Kerrygold makes 7.5 million blocks of butter every single day. And that's only Kerrygold, oh sorry, not every day, every week. Uh, that's only Kerrygold. How about like Dairy Gold and Connacht Gold? We make about 12 million blocks of butter every week in Ireland. That's three blocks for every person. We export it all over the world. And we export all over the world as well baby milk powder. And that's just a dairy industry. Like um, like last year we exported 666 million in pork meat, which is all money into rural Ireland. So it's it's showing people those huge agricultural industries going, in, going on that people don't see anymore. And they take it for granted. And most people don't really see. They only see the animals out the car window with the kids. And they see the sheep and the cows. But they don't see the goats and the geese and the turkeys and the pigs and all the other animals. So it's, it's, it's amazing the interaction. We have great interaction with people here, with kids and with adults. And some of the questions you get asked as well are absolutely priceless. Now, like it's like down through the years, I suppose the funniest questions I've got asked are, kids have this perception that pigs lay sausages. They, and, and to them, can you see, if a hen can lay an egg, why can't a pig lay a sausage? And if you can shear a sheep, why can't you shave the rasher off the pig? See, we need to have the conversation with children about exactly where our food comes from. And very often the kids ask the question at the dinner table and the parents say, be quiet now and eat your dinner. And the kids come up with their own little philosophy from talking to their friends in school and that sort of stuff as well. And to them, 
it, it, it does, in a way you can see how it makes sense, like, it'd be a perfect world if that's how it happened, but unfortunately it's not. So we have to be real with the kids and just tell them exactly how it is. And I think kids are far more open to the reality of it. Sometimes parents are a little bit more squeamish. Like when I say to parents, today there's 130 days left of Christmas. When I say that to parents, some of the parents look at the turkeys and go, oh, that's terrible. You know, you can't say that in front of the turkeys. But they're turkeys. They don't have human emotions. So it's, it's, and that's why, again, none of the animals here have names. They all have like the cows called 50 because that's her ear tag number. They don't. Why would you put? Why would you put a name on an animal? It doesn't have human emotions. It has instincts. So you, you're giving the wrong message to people by giving them names as well. So it's um, it's a great job. I enjoy doing it, um, and it's fantastic to see the interaction from big kids and small kids. And uh, yeah, so hopefully we'll come along a bigger crowd here now next year. Where can people find you if they want you to come along to their school or their youth group or, or anything, or, or their business even? Um, we have a website going live now next week. It's Mape Rat Farm, so that's M-A-P-E-R-A-T-H, Farm. And um, you'll find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as Ireland's Mobile Farmer. Well, listen, thanks for sharing all of that with me today. I really have learned something. It's brilliant. And I've actually, I love looking at some of the animals. They're beautiful. Thank you very much. It's amazing who you bump into on the street in Drumcairn. Joe Dolan, proprietor of the Bush Hotel in Carrick and Shannon. I believe you're actually from Drumcairn, Drumcairn roots. Well, not myself, but my father and my father's people came from just down the street on the left-hand side. They had a pub and a post office, and uh, yeah, that's where my jeans came from. And also the hospitality trade, maybe well, sowing a little few oats. I think when you're in the pub trade, that goes hand in hand with it, so uh, yeah, you're quite right there indeed, Brefni, yeah. What have you been up to today at the old fair day here in Drumcairn? Well, I've been savouring the wonderful stands, more importantly the people, Drumcairn, the hospitality, the, the banter, the crack, and of course the old world people that are here, the buckets and the pans and the pots and all the other things, the sheep, the goats, the geese, the whole lot, it's wonderful. Great day to everyone involved, great credit to everyone. Have you tried your hand at the mechanical bull yet? No, I'm going to pass on that one now, believe me. Saturday night in Carrick will give you plenty of opportunity. Thanks for the opportunity. Mick, I think you've caught the attention of every seven-year-old boy here, and possibly every 77-year-old boy as well. Tell us about your exhibit. It's a large-scale model railway uh, in its own self-contained trailer. So it's quite big actually, it's over 21 feet long is the layout, six foot, six foot wide. And you've caught, as I said, every single boy, and some of the women as well, to be fair, have stopped to kind of just gaze at the, the railway, two, the two trains going around the, the track here. Yeah, I think, you know, it's for boys, young or old, or even girls, young or old, you know, it's just a hobby that really has got out of control collecting trains, large scale ones. So describe what we're looking at here to me, if you don't mind. Well, it's a work of imagination, if you like, fiction, where I have an Irish village at one end, at the back end of the trailer, and at the front end of the trailer, I've got some American buildings, sawmill and, and such like. So I call it the west of Ireland meets the west of America. And you're standing basically in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean at the moment. So you're sitting watching the trains roll around. You must absolutely love model railways. 
I do. I suppose I remember my first train set 68 years ago, and uh, I've never forgotten that. And I've always had this interest. And so you you come to festivals like this to kind of show off your hobby and, and maybe encourage others to do the same. Yeah, I mean it's nice meeting people who know about railways, and people ask me to go to their shows, and uh, if I can, I do. And in terms of your own interest, is it just model railways or do you like the actual being on trains themselves? Uh, I like model railways, trains, but coming to shows is great crack and you do meet some very interesting people from all parts of the world. Now that's not a local accent, it's not Irish or American. How far have you come from today? Well, I've come from Mayo, but originally I'm from Yorkshire, Leeds. Well, Mick, listen, I'm going to get you back because I think I don't want to be responsible for any derailments when you're taking your eye off the ball here. So enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now, with hundreds of people on the streets, everybody needs a little bit of sustenance. And I am here with Fire Feast Kitchen and Vanessa Buswell to talk about what they have to offer the people who are getting a little bit hungry at this time of the day. Well, we have organic venison burgers, organic wild boar sausages, and then we have uh, vegan and vegetarian sausages and burgers. We offer bread, it's the sourdough bread we get from Ginny's Bakery in uh, John Shambo, and then we have a gluten-free bread option as well. Myself included, Leitrim people tend to be very plain eaters. How has it gone down with the local people? A bit of a mix, a bit of a mix to tell you the truth. We've had some people trying it because it is different. Some people being persuaded to take the samples and then having the burger or wild boar. But there's been quite a few people that that wouldn't even try the samples. So it's a, an interesting bunch, an interesting bunch. Which is quite funny because they quite happily eat beef when there's a cow looking at them from across the road oh, going, God. how can you eat my friend? <laughs> I know, I was a bit worried actually because we set up and then the mobile pet, pet farm opposite us and then the cute little pigs there, I was like, oh, are they gonna? But I was a wild boar, so they're not as cute. So we're okay there. Tell us a little bit about uh, what Firefeast Kitchen is. Well, Fire and Feast Kitchen, we're a mobile catering company. We have a Facebook page, which is Fire Feast Kitchen. We're in the process of setting up a website. It's a family-run business, so there's myself and my brother, that Philip, that's here today. And then uh, our other brother that's just moved from South Africa after 20 years, and he's in West Cork. So we actually go from West Cork up to Leitrim. You are based in Leitrim? Yeah, we're, ba- we're based in Leitrim. But, um, it's just your brother that's in Cork. Yeah, it's my brother Richard. He's, he's the professional chef and uh, he was chefing in England and then uh, South Africa. So he was the one that gave us the recipe for the chakalaka sauce and helped us invest in the business. And then because we offer private events, so it can just be the venison burgers and hot dogs or it can be more a la carte, posh, you know, up, more upper class. So that's when Richard comes in to do the posh stuff. <laughs> well, I'm about to have one of your venison burgers and I'm going to feel very upper class when I'm eating it. Now, I have tried it before uh, because this isn't the first time I've seen you and not the first time I've spoken to you, but you were at On Toastal as well, which of course is one of the local festivals to you in Drumshambo. Yes, On Toastal was absolutely brilliant. It's, it's amazing, although we're not too far from each other, but the people in Drumshambo 
really took to us and we ended up sell it, selling out. So it's our first event since we set up in June that we actually sold out of uh, stock. So, But John Shambo's near me, so I, I love the place anyway. So it was a really, really good event for us. So you've been on Toastal, you're here in Drumcairn. Do you do a lot of festivals like this? Will you be around any of the upcoming ones? Yeah, and next Sunday on the 25th, we're in Killingar in County Leitrim at the Woodlands Festival. And it's a big family festival on the Killingar estate there. So, and obviously it's, it's linked to the Woodlands uh, Cooperative Trust there. So that will be a good day out as well. Of course, that's over in Carrigallan next Sunday. Well, I think I'm getting a bit hungry here, so I'm going to see if we can maybe try a bit of this venison. Yeah, come on, I'll sort you out. I'm here with Colette and Shane Maguire, mother and son, sitting outside the youth club. Tell us about this new, it's not new, but this refurbished facility that you've got for the youth club here in Drumcairn. Yeah, we've done a lot of work. We started off the refurbishment uh, about 12 months ago and through lots of sponsorship and support from the local community, uh, we're just, we're almost there. We've, we've done a lot of work inside, taken out floors, walls, put in underfloor heating, uh, removed ramps, made it wheelchair accessible and hopefully we're going to open up in late October and this will be the youth cafe and a community centre as well for anyone that wants to use it. Now speaking of youth, Shane, you look a bit younger than me anyway, at least a couple of years, one or two years maybe? Uh, no, I'm 11, or 12, 12. You, uh, your story's kind of changing, a bit suspicious. No, I'm 12, so yeah. <laughs> Tell us about the youth cafe and how important that is to people your age in the town. Well, uh, it's handy for people that if you want to come down from the school, you can go in, it's a public place, like do your homework and all that kind of stuff. Like you can meet up with people in there that you wouldn't have seen in a while, so it's handy for that kind of stuff. And what kind of activities would you get up to? Well, there would be pool, darts, and I don't know. Cookery and... Cookery and and, uh, just table, uh, board games and all that kind of stuff. Table tennis and... How many kids are in the village of Drumcure? Um, Probably about... Currently we have... um, in the youth club, approximately about 43 children. Now, that's a lot of the younger crowd. We lost a lot of the older uh, crowd in the school, but once we get this opened again, it's more like a youth cafe. So we're hoping that we'll actually get them back in um, through pool tables and older stuff, older nights, that'll attract them as well. Um, we have the main hall and then a room off that where we can put in the computers. We have a kitchen, fully fitted kitchen, and then we have a back hallway where they can use as well and then the main toilets. But the main hall will house the pool tables, um, some very relaxing furniture for the older and the younger crew. Now, as all good community projects around here, I'm guessing it's not fully funded yet. Is there a way that people can help or get involved and support? Yeah, at the moment we're running a local a draw for the youth club. Um, we're, uh, the tickets came out today and thankfully a lot of people have supported it so far. Um, and the main prize night then is in October, which will be in Winds Bar with a music night and lots of great prizes. Uh, top prize is a couple of hundred euro, down to smaller prizes of nights away and hampers. And in terms of that, they can just contact people who are involved in the youth club or yourself? Yeah, um, they can. we have five main committee members um, that are involved and local people would know. We have Vicky Crawford, um, Maeve Gallagher, uh, Carol O'Brien, Catherine Maguire and Colette Maguire. 
that's involved. So any of them can be contacted for tickets. Well, listen, I'm going to leave you because you've got, you've got a visitor to your cup of tea. You might need a new one. Uh, Wasp has decided it's going to make its home. Uh, thanks very much for having a chat with us and sorry for spoiling your cup of tea. <laughs> thanks very much. I've stopped into the youth centre for a cup of tea and I've bumped into Terry Hart, who tells me he's from Rossinver. Terry, how are you enjoying Drumcare and Old Fair Day? I'm enjoying it very much. It's fantastic. I for the odd show of rain and all that, but in between, it's lovely sunshine, so we're very happy with it, anyhow. Yeah. What's drawn you down here for the day? Oh, I like, I like the old fair days, but it reminds me of years and years ago when I grew up as a child, you know, so I like to, uh, I like to come here and just show and see what the day is like and meet people as well, you know. What have you been most drawn to on the street here in Drumcairn today? What, what have you enjoyed the most? I suppose meeting people I didn't meet for a long time, I suppose that's about all I can say. And, you know, meeting people I suppose mainly and having the old chats of long ago and the old fairs and sheep and having the crack with all that kind of keep on you know. Did you buy any sheep in the fair at the bottom of the town? No, I didn't buy any sheep today, no, I didn't buy the raw duty for me. <laughs> I've been hearing that from a lot of people. <laughs> Is there loads of money around from Kieran that they're all buying the sheep? Well, I don't know, it's probably very wealthy people. Some parts are very wealthy around here. They're probably making plenty of money, so I don't know. I can't say too much. You know. and, know, yeah. But there's no money for sheep in Rosinver? No, not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> What's your plan for the rest of the day? Are you, are you heading home or are you going to stick around for a little well, bit longer? I'd probably stick around for another half hour or so. Maybe. Well, what time is it now? It's, uh, it's five. I'd probably stick around for another hour and when most of the people are gone, I think. And uh, I, I'm usually, usually the last one leaving places, so I'd like to stay till the end, you know. Well, Terry, enjoy the rest of your day. Right, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Andy Redican, we're here. Uh, just at the youth club here in Drumcuran and we're after watching a fabulous little piece of theatre. Do you want to tell us a bit about it? Well, they, what we did today was, it's called No Way Through. This is our third year doing a drama on the street. The first year, I do write the script and uh, I direct them and I do try and get as many young people as possible each year, different ones. So the first year we did, the first year it was called The Dysfunctional Ram because it was the first fair day and I wanted something very appropriate for the first fair day. Last year we did the, the hiring fair and people were totally, totally amazed that such a thing happened in Ireland. Maybe I might explain what the hiring fair was. At the Years ago, mostly along the border and in Northern Ireland, children from as young as 10 years up to 20, 21, they were hired out at a fair just similar to a cattle fair. They lined up and farmers with big farms up in Northern Ireland, they came along and they walked up and in, in, in looked at them. They in, in looked at their teeth, looked at their hair, looked at their muscles and all that. And then they bid with the parents uh, for the rent for them for the six months. They took them for six months, they kept them for six months, and many of them got very harsh time. Some of them never got into the main house, they were housed in the outer houses. Probably they were fairly reasonable accommodation. So last year we did that, and the audience was amazed that such a thing happened. This year, I wasn't in to do the drama, but because I wasn't that well, but the youth club asked me would I do something because they were opening the courthouse, which was the old courthouse. And I thought maybe I'd do something that would be associated with courthouse. And then I thought of 
the cruelty and all the hardships that uh, young children suffered in the uh, industrial schools. So I came up with a plot. Three young children stole about a half a bucket of potatoes and an armful of turf and their mother was a widow woman. They were starving for three days, had nothing. And we had a court case. The court case was today. They didn't come the first day, so the guards were intent to make sure that they got there. So they, an old, a young fella, they call him Jimmy the Daft uh, from Dunkirden. He, he got up and he made a speech that nobody, they don't let them through. And that was, that mushroomed and got into a big, no one I get them through. So eventually the judge came and he was very lenient. He gave them the Probation Act. So there was, that was it. Now you call him Jimmy the Daft. Is he based on anybody real from around the town? No, no, I, I'd be afraid to say that. <laughs> um, I, I did, but I'll be honest with you, uh, there was one around here when I came here first. I'm here 52 years in Dunkirden. But when I came here first, there was one, but I'm not going to identify him. <laughs> Always safer just to say nothing. Yeah, but I, I, we, we do a lot of drama here. We do a play every year and we enjoy it and uh, we get wonderful support. You see, you saw the, the, the crowd that was lined up there to watch that today and that's because we have a name for doing drama. Well, listen, it's really added a, a new flair to the old fair day here in Drumcairn. Thank you very much for that. Now I'm down at the Coppersmith stand with... My name's Mark Wilson. I live in uh, County Clare. I'm up in Drumcairn for the day. Tinkering away, matey. Turning scrap into treasure. So you've got a big tin can, which is about maybe a metre deep by about... It's, an old, it's actually an old copper cylinder. Okay. And all I've done is I've just taken the, I cut the top off, taken the coil out, and I'm just putting a, I'm turning it into a turf bucket actually, very simply. And I'm just put at the moment, I'm just putting a, a wired edge into the top of the cylinder and get a piece of wire, curl the edge of the rim of the book, the cylinder over, and I just tap the copper over the wire. What it does is it gives it a nice soft edge to the bucket and also it strengthens it it's a very I mean this this technique unfortunately the old tin smithing copper smithing trade is actually dying on its feet I mean recently um, the government have recognized that if something isn't done about actually keeping this trade going it's going to actually die on its feet like there's a handful of um traveler tinsmiths but they're all they're they're they don't really um the the trade isn't really passed on that younger generation doesn't really they'd sooner just jump on a copper cylinder and go and wait in they don't really want to make something out of it so unfortunately if something's not done about this trade it's going to die on its feet Thank you very much for sharing with us how that works. Cheers, thank you. Now I was attracted to the top of the town where there's a fairly loud ruckus coming from some old vintage machinery and I'm joined by Tommy and Michael to tell me what exactly is going on here. Tell me what threshing is and tell me about your machine. Well, 
it separates the it separates the corn from the from the sheep, and you come out with corn on one side and you come out with straw on the other side, and the the weight comes out underneath and the screeds. Now, in terms of the tractor, there's a tractor here and a long band between them. So, how does it power it? It's powered from from the PTO of the tractor, and by by uh, it's called a belt. And, and that's the, and a belt and, and a pulley on the tractor and a pulley on the thrasher. That's the main belt between the thrasher and the, and the tractor. And how long ago was it since a machine like this was in daily use or in annual use even? That, About, mill, that mill was built in 1949 and the tractor was 1954. So I bought that mill from a man in Donegal. He bought it for his own use up in Creaselaw. And um, it was left up for a good few years. Ah, it could be... It'll be 25 or 30 years since they were in use. Oh, I told you. At least 30 years. No corn much grown in the west of Ireland now. And you bring it to displays like this? We, we bring it to displays like this. So where? how far have you come from this morning? We, I come from near Westport. I come from Bellicastle, Mayo. <laughs> it's a fair old trek over with this piece of equipment. It is. It, it well, is, it is, it is. It it was Newport, it? really, the treasures from. But, uh, I between Newport and Westport, yeah. yeah. So we have, we have a group here, so that, that's how we, we join up. and That's who we are, yeah. Mayo Vintage Trashing Group. Yeah. And how many of you are involved, and how many men does it take to run the machine? In around four. Four men to run it. Well, four to five. You need another yeah. man on top, I write, for cutting the bands. You would, yeah. yeah. Push. We haven't. Done. We haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll make do, like good old <laughs> West of Ireland men. The Irish Catholic or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, boys, you're getting a few strange looks from the two boys you've left over running the machine. I better let you get back to it. Also, there on the belt, there is a twist in the belt, as you can see. Yep. That's for direction. If that belt went on straight, it'd be going, the mill would be going the wrong way for to take the cordon. There's a big drum there on top where he feeds it in and. and uh, it, it takes in as it turns. It takes the cordon in, but if that twist wasn't the belt, be going the opposite way, and it'll fire the cordon back up at you. So, in the end, you've put a, a, a trailer load of corn in there, yes. and you'll come out with how many bags of maize at the end? Ah, well, we'd only have maybe about 80 shafts with us today now, just for a demonstration. That's what we bring to each show around 80, 85 shafts, and we'd have uh, three bags of cordon there off that now. And in terms of value, what what, what would you sell ah, those for? Be, which, what, what is it worth? I don't, well, it's probably if you had to buy it in a co-op, it would be worth a bit, all right. I, 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 probably 12 or 14 a bag, I suppose. 12 or 14 a bag. Yeah. Well, listen, boys, it's beginning to rain again, and I know it doesn't agree with the rain, so no. I'm going to let you get back to it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. And that, folks, is all we have time for today. In fact, it's more than we had time for today. But I had such a good day out at Drumkeeran Old Fair Day that I just had to keep the show rolling. Thank you to today's sponsors, Urban Fit Crew, BoxFit in Kiltard. And I'll be back tomorrow with In Focus, where I'm visiting Drummer Hare and taking a spin on the Rose of Inishfree. I'll be chatting to George McGoldrick, the skipper of the vessel, as we sail from Drummer Hare into Sligo. I'll also have a big announcement about a new arrival to Leitrim Daily. Chat to you tomorrow.